Well, hello, hello. Welcome to Off Air. Uh, I think it's episode nine that we're up to. If it's your first time listening, this is a sport, news and pop culture podcast where each week Nick Stewart and myself, Tim Rubin, pull apart the top three stories of the week as decided upon by none other than me. Not by Nick at all. Um, the backstory is Nick legitimately just doesn't like the idea of doing work behind the scenes. This idea didn't come about because we were like, this will make the podcast fun. It came about because Nick didn't want to research stories. So Nick doesn't know the stories. I surprise him with them. Um, But I'd like to give you a little heads up on what we're going to be getting into uh, each week before we get started. So our top three stories of the week, we've got um, Kim Kardashian, A lot of requests for more Kardashian. Kim Kardashian has been labeled as a billionaire, but is she? We have a porn star has started a petition to have her videos removed from the internet, but who is actually going to take charge? And also Guy Sebastian has been in the news not once, but twice this week. Once where he was cancelled and once uh, the second time, which this has just come out in the last 24 hours, where it turns out his old manager has been screwing him over and stolen allegedly $1.15 million from him. Those are our top three stories coming up on the other side of this. Oh, and also I've got um, some little personal news that I might sprinkle in on the other side of this. Welcome to Off Air. Tim, Nick, yeah. Hey, with Nick, Nick and Tim. Tim. It's real talk. Yeah. It's real walk. This ain't gossip. It's just what we say when we're off air. It's real talk. It's real talk. Just two opinions. We spit what we say. We off air. It's real talk. It's true talk. It's two opinions. We spit what we say yeah, when we off air, baby. It's off air. One day we're going to set up a camera because um, I secretly dance when that plays. I dance as well. I, I, I didn't know if you would know I would be, but I definitely bop my head to that. So thank you very much. James, right? James. James, James Hollins. Yeah, thank you very yep. much, James. Gets me going every single week. Nick, um, not one of the stories this week, but I'm gonna, I, I want to put this right at the start. I want you to get this out of your system before we get going. Mm. Um, over the last few weeks, you've been firing up about Victoria and about how wonderful it is to be a Queenslander right now. And I just want you to get it all out. Go ahead. Get it out. Just, just, just get it out because I don't want to deal with it for the next half hour, okay? So, yes, we've got the COVID. We've got yeah, it. I know. What do you want to say? Second wave is happening. I don't feel good. I don't feel happy for anyone. We, we've shut the borders exclusively to Victorians. If I just had to say, it would be New South Welsh people, but that's for personal reasons. <laughs> I just, I look. I uh, I feel sorry for all of the suburbs, the 36 suburbs or 38 suburbs, the 10 postcodes that have to go into mm-hmm. lockdown for four weeks. Uh, it's a shitty situation, but obviously it's necessary. And just get tested. Just get tested if you have You're to. being very um, – I thought you'd just be taking pot shots right now. You don't want to gloat? Go ahead, gloat. I've no. been seeing some great – there's some great stuff going around on Facebook. Oh, the Spice Girls Victoria joke. Like, yeah. I love how Australia- every reunion on the planet has tried to claim that now. Australia is like the Spice Girls reunion. Uh, Victoria's ruining it for everybody. That's the one. Yep. Oh, no, you're just ruining it for yourselves. That's the thing. I don't care whether you're in my glorious state or not. It, it is beautiful and you should want to be here. But I do genuinely feel sorry for the people who now all of a sudden... Uh, what shits me is the lack of information. I was chatting to a guy uh, who lives in one of the suburbs. Oh. And you find out about it on the news. 
You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I would have thought that there's some sort of text message service in place. Like they were able to, the, the national government was able to do that with robo debt, mm. but they can't let let people know via their, their mobiles. The whole thing is a bit of a farce as well, seeing people trying to change. Just play by the damn rules, people. Stay in your house. This is what got you into that situation. There have been um there have been emails going out. I got an email from Vic Rhodes saying the saying this is what's happening and stuff like that. I don't know if they can if they can do that suburb by suburb, but um they're definitely using our driver's license records to get in contact with some people clearly not that guy yeah good though so they should uh i think it's hard anyway all right that's enough is that is that off your chest are you feeling good yeah i do i'm (laughs) never gonna gloat in someone's misfortune but just pull your fucking heads in and get tested Um, Nick, I've got some, I've got some news today. Um, I, we're not going to do, I'm going to pull the rug out from under you. We're not going to do Nick picks today, our recommendations segment, because I actually want to hijack the start of the show for something else. If that's okay. Can I do that? I, I, for one, am absolutely outraged. You know how much I look forward to Nick picks and how hard I work throughout the week to come up with them. (laughs) All I will say is. Next week, there's a great one coming, but of course, it's okay. I think it's okay. it big and important information. Yeah. So, I th- I mean, it's not really a surprise for you because you're one of my closest friends and so you know what's been going on. But I wanted to, um, I, I haven't spoken about this with a lot of people. I wanted to take the opportunity to put it out there and say that I have um, officially actually left my job in radio. So, my Nick pick, my uh, recommendation is resigning um, <laughs> <laughs> is leaving a job. Um, but uh, there's more to the story. I, um, I'm moving on and I'm moving into it's, I'm very excited about this. I'm moving into the world of digital marketing and PR. Um, I'm starting work with a digital marketing agency. Um, yeah. So it's like big stuff. And um, I don't know, I was going to do like a Facebook post or something, but there's so much to write that I thought it would be easier to kind of have the conversation with you here and then people can just listen to it if they want to. Um, so, yeah, if, for the people who are living in Bendigo who are listening and they're like, I haven't heard Tim on the radio for the last couple of weeks, this is why. Um, the re- I, There are a few reasons that have kind of gone into into. The decision. Um, one of them is a, a huge contributing factor. Is I had always said that Bendigo Radio was a three-year commitment. Um, this was obviously behind the scenes, and I was coming up to that. And uh, for me, like the idea of growth and progress is really important. And when you're doing a job and you're going, I don't think that the, you know, with the state of the world and everything, I don't think that that next step is really going to exist at the moment. Um, I decided that I wanted to switch industries so that I could keep on learning and could keep on growing. And um, uh, I actually called a friend of mine, her name's Alex Selios, and she runs a um, an agency. And I said, can I pick your brain? And she ended up saying, you're not going to believe this, but we've got an opening right now. Do you want to do some work for us? And so, yeah, it all kind of came about very much out of the blue. And so that's why I'm not on the radio anymore. <laughs> It's yeah. I mean, uh, as you said, I've been on the journey with you, and yeah. I think it's it's really really positive where you've ended up with this, and I think it's it's a really exciting move, and it's one that you're super passionate about, and yeah, uh, I'm very proud of you for for how quickly you have managed to establish yourself in a new industry. Thanks. Yeah, I'm I'm really excited about it. Um, 
I mean, I can't, uh, you still work in radio, so I can't shit on radio too much. Um, <laughs> but- <laughs> I love it. I, I mean, I think you and I both came at radio from a different way as well. And, yeah. and you know that I'm a radio tragic. And I've you love it. Yeah. Since I was a 19 year old, I'm, I'm yeah. 12th or 13th year now. So yeah. I mean, it's, it, it is different worlds. And I think what you're doing is 100% the right thing for you. Thank you. Thanks. Yeah. So I'm really, um, I feel like um, I didn't, I, I kind of moved on. There was some stuff going on behind the scenes. And, and to be honest, I, I wasn't enjoying the job anymore for, for a number of reasons in Bendigo. So I was looking forward to doing something else. Um, but the other thing is like, I'm so excited about being in an industry that's, that's growing at the moment um, where I can learn and where I can keep on developing. Um, and I feel like the last three years in Bendigo has been awesome like the stuff that i've gotten to do and experience has been really really amazing um, oh you should be incredibly proud especially for th- more specifically and i think the biggest thing a, a bit of a peek behind the curtain with breakfast radio it is the type of job you really have to fucking love to get up mm. every morning at three thirty and to to put yourself in a position where you're open and vulnerable mm. uh, and talking to tens of thousands if not hundreds of thousands of people uh, and the stuff that you should be the most proud of is is the situations that you grasped, uh, like raising tens of thousands of dollars for charity. Uh, yeah, I, well, we did, I in my uh, just less than three years, we I did um, two major charity drives. One for the uh, farmers during the drought. Yeah, um, and then one for the bushfire victims. Um, about a year and a little bit later, and we raised twenty thousand dollars for each of them individually. Um, and so like things like that are just such one, you know, they're such once in a lifetime experiences. So yeah. I'll never forget things like that. Um, and I feel so privileged to have been a part of the Bendigo community in the way that I was invited into it. So yeah, thanks so much, everybody. Um, yeah, that's my spiel. Should we move on? Should we do the podcast? Yeah, let's do it. You didn't even dish any juice. Give us something. Alan, did I actually harassed you? What's going on? <laughs> no, Come on, never. throw it out there. I got nothing for you. No, I'm very excited. Are you ready? Story number one? Okay. Story number one. Guy Sebastian. Well, actually, story number one is a two-parter. No, fuck it. No, that's story number three. I'm going to edit around that. Um, Story number one. Vanity Fair, Daily Mail, and so many other publications are claiming that Kim Kardashian is a billionaire now, but do we believe them? Nick, have you seen this story, and what do you think? Um, I, I have briefly seen it. Uh, oh, look, go the, you know, my thoughts on the Kardashians. I'm extremely mm. pro Kardashian. They have lived they're, they're potentially, oh, I was about to say something then really bad. I was going to say them and Donald Trump might be the greatest marketers of all time. <laughs> Donald Trump's. I you, couldn't argue with that. I couldn't argue with it. It's true though. They, they, they're, they're a whole group of people that have amassed great fortune with, with mm. no real discernible With talent. nothing, nothing, really nothing. There are some amazing tidbits to this story. Um, and going into it as well, I want to say, Nick, this we're doing this story for you. So I hope that you enjoy all of this because you keep on saying more Kardashian, more Kardashian. What well, gets um, likes, mate. You got to get the clicks through. We actually legitimately got a text from Hannah last week saying, can there be more Kardashians? So Hannah, I hope you're enjoying this. Um, but okay, so so reading into this, the way that this has come about is Kim Kardashian has sold, I think it's 30% of her beauty line uh, to a company called Cotty 
for $200 million. And with this $200 million injection to the company, now there are certain organizations that are valuing the company at $1 billion. Now, what's interesting about this? Wait, yeah, aren't Coddy the ones that... Yeah, this is great. Yeah, okay. Yeah, no, you, you go for it. No, aren't, you... aren't Coddy the ones that were behind the, the $600 million purchase of Kylie Jenner's uh, or the, the youngest Kardashian, which boosted her to being a billionaire, and then it turned out she'd fudged the numbers and oversold to the company? That is 100% correct, Nick. Cody <laughs> is the company that got absolutely fucked by Kylie Jenner. They, uh, Kylie Jenner completely ripped them off. They thought that they were buying into a billion-dollar company. Afterwards, it came out that, they were, that, that it wasn't nearly a billion-dollar company. It was actually valued at like $400 million or something vastly smaller. And now it's so interesting. I think they've just gone like, fuck it in for a penny, in for a pound. We're just going to try and get into every single Kardashian thing that exists and try and pump them all up. Because otherwise, I reckon they're screwed. Otherwise, they've spent like $800 million on two shit beauty lines. But again, how can anyone be upset at the Kardashians? How can, no. how can anyone ever be upset at the Kardashians? I'm, I'm sure they probably do horrible things to, to someone. I don't know. Probably. But, but like from an objective perspective, if their goal is to earn money, they are very, very good at it. They're yeah. very good at it. Yeah, they, I, I mean, it's incredible. So this is now a second Kardashian being valued at a billion dollars. Forbes has done a an evaluation of her and they have said that they don't actually think she's in the billion dollar club yet. They think she's worth closer to $900 million. This is because obviously she doesn't own 100% of her beauty line of uh, of the company. So you've got to take that into account. And then there's also the fact that, and Forbes has said, they do not believe that this company has ever made a billion dollars. So just because somebody has put $200 million into it, if you put $200 million into your bedroom, it doesn't mean that the bedroom is a billion dollar bedroom. It just has money sitting in it today. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So you're saying because they've bought... 20, say, for example, if they'd bought 20% for $200, uh, $200 million, that doesn't mean that all of a sudden it's a billion-dollar company. No, because people still have to buy the beauty stuff. Yeah. And so if they're not selling enough mascaras, they just have extra money sitting there in the bank that they're going to spend in, I don't know, advertising or whatever. But that's not – yeah, they're still not quite a billion-dollar company. Anyway, regardless – well done to well done to Kim Kardashian and they their continual fucking over of whoever Cotty is. Pop I want to find it. get it, girl. I'm all about it. <laughs> do you reckon? Um, do you reckon it's going to happen? Do you think that it's kind of like if if you just keep on believing in something and if you can, like Donald Trump was just saying to people, "I'm going to be the president," and eventually it happened. Uh, do you reckon the Kardashians are just going to keep on wishing the billionaire status until it's real? I don't think, do they care? Does anyone care? They are intergenerationally wealthy and they come from a wealthy family and there's a Kanye in there as well. Like as if, I I don't think they're sitting around like, I want that billionaire. I want want to be known as Jeff Bezos levels of wealth. It's funny because I actually disagree with you. I think they do. I think they really are sitting around saying that because when you're at that level of wealth, what else do you want? Like, what do you want? They don't want for physical things. It's not like I want a plane or I want a boat. They can get whatever the, whatever they want. 
They I want the know. status. They want the presidency. That's what they want. She might be the first female president of America. It might happen. You never wow. know. Wow. Would it be worse? Would it be so much worse? Like, anyone could become the president of America at the moment. It's not going to be a downgrade. I don't know. Yeah. I I don't think it would be worse. I don't know. Would you rather, if it came down to it, who would you rather? What, Donald Trump or Kim Kardashian? Yeah. Kim Kardashian, 100%, all the way. I'll back her in the whole way, 100%. Absolutely. At least she's done semi-reasonable things for human rights on some level at some point in her life. And she's clearly not openly racist. Yeah. <laughs> what an insane world we're living in. All right. Uh, and, and aside from anything, you would have the first ever uh, president with a sex tape out that you could watch. That would be a weird twist of well, events, wouldn't that, it? that you can watch is the interesting one because I'm pretty sure there was tapes of JFK and Marilyn Monroe from if you want to go into conspiracy theories. Wow. Okay. I, uh, I don't. No, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> is the short answer to that. All right. I think we put that to bed. You ready for story number two? Yeah, let's do it. Story number two. Porn star Mia Khalifa launches a petition that currently has 1.6 million signatures uh, asking the internet to remove her pornographic videos. This is a really interesting story. Nick Stewart, have you seen it? What do you think? Uh, I have only, uh, look, I've only briefly seen the headline. Uh, I know of Mia Khalifa. I haven't seen any of her adult film work, uh, but can you sure. give me the brush strokes? Yeah, sure. Yeah. So uh, Mia Khalifa is a very famous porn star. And what's very interesting about this is, so she's 27 years old now. Um, six years ago when she was 21, she filmed porn for a period of just three months and she made a total of just 11 movies. And those movies went fucking gangbusters. And so they they blew up so much that she's still one of the most well names in porn, which is just absurd. The fact that six years later, after only 11 movies, um, she's still such a well-known name. So Mia Khalifa created those films. Since then, she has become very vocal um, online. You can see her on her Instagram and stuff, speaking about the fact that she considers that to be a terrible, terrible mistake and a terrible black period in her life. And subsequently, she's very unhappy about the fact that all of these videos still exist and are a constant reminder of those mistakes that she made. She said that uh, the porn industry is an incredibly toxic one and that it's an industry that pressures young women um, into basically tarnishing and ruining their reputations and their then their lives. She's gone on to say that um, because she made those mistakes and now she um, doesn't uh, align with those anymore, she feels that she should have ownership over those videos Um and she wants them to come down. Right now, she's, the petition is at 1.6 million signatures. It's been up for seven days. But the question that I have about all of this is, I don't know who she's, I don't know who she's taking this petition to. Because even, let's say it gets 10 million or, or a billion, it doesn't matter. These, these videos are on the internet. It's not a person. You can't go to Mr. Internet or Mark Zuckerberg or there's no one person who's going to be able to take these things down. So for that reason, I, f I feel like she's, I mean, it's really sad to say, but I think that it's like a wasted effort. 
Uh, look, I think it's, and we've spoken, we've actually spoken a lot on this podcast in the past about the sex industry or the yeah. sex worker industry. Yeah. Uh, and I guess my views on this are in line with what they always have been. And I think that, A, it's really weird that she's always referred to as adult film actress Mia Khalifa when she did mm. 11 videos as a 21-year-old. And and interestingly, we were just talking about Kim Kardashian. How often do you hear Kim Kardashian referred to as adult film actress Kim Kardashian? Yeah, Cause yeah that, it's interesting. Because she has completely rid herself of that title, whereas Mia Khalifa hasn't been afforded that same luxury. And Mia Khalifa has a totally different career now, doesn't she? Yeah, like she, yeah she's a sports yeah. journalist. Uh, that's more what I know her from, is getting in like beefs with uh, professional athletes. I, as I said, I'd never even seen her movies. It blows me away to hear she only made 11 and she is still well known as adult film actress Mia Khalifa. So yeah. I understand what you're saying in terms of she can't just go to the magical internet gods. But I think it's probably more of a symbolic thing because she has, I, in my opinion, she has the right to not want her name to be associated with with a three-month period of her life. And and how often do we promote change in other aspects of life? Um, uh, you know, in every single field, people are allowed to mistakes, make mistakes and then recover from them or change the script of their life. And I, and I think it is a bit rough that she is tarnished with that price. Yeah, but I, I just don't know how, like, she made those decisions and I know that I know that 21 is very young. And I also think that you should have control over your own body. But as an adult, I don't know if this is going to sound too harsh. As an adult, sometimes you make mistakes and then you have to live with the consequences. And there, firstly, in this situation, I genuinely don't think that there is a physical way to take these things back. So like, even if let's say uh, the head of Pornhub, I don't know who that would be. Let's say Pornhub, the biggest uh, porn website went, okay, we're going to take your videos down. Her videos still exist on literally thousands of other websites and they would exist on probably millions of people's computers around the world. So even if we take the whole um, like literal facilitation of her of her idea out of the mix, if I'm an artist and I do a painting and then I sell that painting to somebody, I can't 10 years later go, mm, I don't like that that painting exists. It belongs to someone else and it's hanging up in that person's living room. I can't just go and walk into their living room and take it down. Yeah, and but that- this is a bigger problem with ownership in the sex industry and the problem the problem with the fact that when it comes to sex, it's really interesting because there's two mm. taboos in life and that is it's taboo to sort of talk about sex and it's taboo to talk about death. And, and the strangest thing about that is they're the two most human experiences anyone can possibly have. Every single person outside of uh, test tube babies, which I think is the inappropriate thing to call them, I apologise, but outside of outside of in, uh, IVF children, every single yeah. person comes from the act of sex. Yeah, and, and every single person will die. And I think it's really wrong that we continually don't give the performers of these uh, things ownership of their image. That's why I think sites like uh, Fans Only or OnlyFans or whatever it's called. Yeah are a fantastic thing because it gives these people ownership of their body, which they have chosen to put out there. And we all know that there is absolute horror stories in the sex industry. And we all know that there, there's a lot of substance abuse and there is a lot of power abuse from, from producers and directors. So I think anything yeah. that can level the playing field and take 
but ultimately just take the stigma away from it. Everybody fucks. It's something we all do. It's a very human thing to do. I'd like it to be, I would love it if we lived in a world where it was treated as less of this weird behind closed doors thing, if that makes sense. And that's not reality. I get that. There's actually, um, do you know who Dan Savage is? The, um, he's a New York Times columnist and he's got a podcast as well called The Savage Lovecast. And he's got a theory that at some point we will just have, uh, as a part of our society, a thing where everybody takes their nude photos and once a year we all just upload them. And it's just, it's not, it, it, we like, it's like decriminalizing marijuana. It's like if there are just nude or sex uh, photos of everybody online, then it won't be a thing anymore because everybody has a naked body underneath and everybody has sex and every now and then somebody gets caught doing it and that goes on the internet and it ruins them. And it shouldn't because yeah. like you say, these are things that everybody does and has. So there's no reason to uh, let these things ruin your life. I think, unfortunately, though, like whilst I really like that idea, we do still live in a society where um, it is a darker part of society if you are involved in the sex world, in, in the sex trade, or if you are a sex worker. Um, I don't think I would love, I love the idea of her being able to reclaim this, but I just don't think, I don't think anything could possibly come of it um, and I think the best thing that could come from it would be that her story is spoken about and that it is a lesson for other young women who are potentially teetering on the edge. And I'm sure that there are probably thousands of women around the world who are who are being invited to be involved in um, that industry who would probably Google and see at least this story. And so I don't know if more educational things need to be created, but hopefully that can come from it because I don't think the videos are going to go anywhere. No, they might not, but people might stop referring to her as adult film actress. Yeah. You know what I yeah. mean? It might be just Mia Khalifa, the human being who has a lot of facets and a personality and she didn't just get fucked on the camera once. Like that's, yeah. that's the bigger overarching thing. I think if you can either be part of the solution or the problem. And if we all change the language we use around these people and we all have a bit more respect for these human beings who aren't hurting anyone other than their own reputation, it's going to be a positive thing. Yeah, I would agree with that. All right, that's that's gone to bed. Do you want to do story number three? Was that a terrible pun? (laughs) (laughs) I don't have anything else to say about it. I didn't put it to bed and then film it. (laughs) Story number three. Let's go. Come on. Keep it rolling. (laughs) Story number three. Okay. Story number three is a double actually. So uh, Guy Sebastian, firstly, Guy Sebastian's Sebastian's ex-manager Titus Day has been charged with 61 counts of dishonesty and potentially stealing over a million dollars from Guy Sebastian. And then there's there's a second part to this story as well. And the second part is, I think no one is happier than Guy Sebastian because Guy Sebastian had just been through the roughest media week, I think, of his entire uh, career in the music industry. It was Guy Sebastian has been cancelled after standing (laughs) next to Scott Morrison (laughs) for putting together an arts package. So, I mean, I, I think Guy Sebastian is probably stoked that the heat has been turned around. Have you seen these two stories? And what do you think? Um, no, I haven't really seen. Okay, who is canceling Guy Sebastian? And two, is is Titus Day the most adult film name you have mm. ever heard outside of the adult film industry? So, <laughs> yeah. burn him, burn him. 
Um, so I was reading up on this and, um, so Titus Day was his manager for a long time. Guy Sebastian left Titus in 2017. I found out that Titus Day was actually, um, you're not going to believe this. So Titus Day is a a white guy. He is originally Nigerian. And so he- A white Nigerian. Yeah. So, but he moved to Australia when he was 15. So he's Australian, but I love that- it's another Nigerian scam artist. <laughs> like, no one saw that coming in the story. So anyway, Titus Day um, screwed Guy Sebastian out of a million dollars. I don't think there's a huge amount to talk about here, but the second story is that Guy Sebastian had been cancelled and now we're speaking about him in a different light. Have you seen... Is that alleged? Do you need to throw it allegedly on that, by the way, just quickly? Is that alleged? Is it, Or has he been actually put, like, prosecuted? Uh, no, well, he's being charged. He's out on bail right now. Let's go so with alleged. Let's just a, no, no, well, Titus Day is charged with... Yeah, yeah, he's being charged. Okay, sure. We put the word alleged. It's not <laughs> I don't think Titus is coming for us, but it does sound like he might be short a dollar. So, <laughs> so Guy Sebastian has. Let's let's focus on the other story because I think it's funnier. Um, Guy Sebastian was cancelled for a few days there, and now we're talking about something else. Have you seen all of this stuff? Guy Sebastian cancelled um, for being involved in Scott Morrison's arts package. So who cancelled him? Why was he cancelled? Okay, I don't know who... People people on the internet, basically. People on Twitter, people on Facebook have been slamming Guy Sebastian. So the backstory is Guy Sebastian uh, was contacted by Scott Morrison and the Liberal government and asked to serve on a panel, um, which he did, uh, where they spoke to him about what the art sector needs. The art sector has been royally fucked over by the entire COVID situation. And they've also really fallen through the cracks of the job seeker and job keeper payments. So there are a lot of arts people who haven't been able to receive any of those payments. Um, And on that, I would say that the Liberal Party has completely, um, they they really screwed them over. They, they, They really fucked up. They are trying to get back on track and trying to take a step in the right direction by putting this panel together. And On the back of that, they made an announcement that they have a $250 million arts stimulus package. They're calling it the uh, Job Creator Package. No, sorry, the Job Maker Package. Oh, it's a nice name. It's a good name. Seeker, Keeper, Maker. They're like Harry Potter um, parts in Quidditch or whatever. Trilogy, yeah. Anyway, the people online are very, uh, people in the arts are very, very unhappy about this. Um, there are tweets like, Guy Sebastian is cancelled. Uh, you are blocked. You do not represent the arts. Uh, one person wrote, and I think that this is their real sticking point, that $250 million isn't enough. There are 600,000 Australians registered as uh, being employed in the arts sector. So if you work that out, it's only $416 per person. There are people that are saying that it's not enough. And for some reason, they're blaming Guy Sebastian. Yeah, but, on that. Always, but this is the thing I don't get because Guy Sebastian is the most commercial artist in the history of Australia. I mean, yes. he, he came to the forefront on a reality TV show. He now is a judge on another reality TV show. I, I, who is Ken? Like the same people that listen to Ocean Alley, are they really <laughs> going to not buy his next? I think match? it's probably. Yes, I, I think it's probably like quite left leaning people. Yeah. Well, this is the most bullshit thing I've ever heard. And this is where the left shoot themselves in the foot. And I, like, newsflash, big surprise, I am moderately left leaning. Like, that's yeah. what I did. 
But there is dickheads on every end of the scale. And yeah, the dickheads on the right wing are a little bit more scary because they love guns and, and uh, 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 persecuting people. But, mm. the, but, but by far, the extreme left are far more nauseating because of how whingy they are. And they sit yeah. around making it sound as if they know so much better than everyone else. And the other thing is, they just live in their own vacuum where they think they are the majority. They think the majority of people think the same way. Like, here is it from people working in radio. The majority of humans don't actually listen to Triple J. It's it's actually a really small amount. Triple J is the number one radio station sometimes in Adelaide. And that is it across the entire country. So these people who think they somehow are going to take money away from Guy Sebastian are complete morons. <laughs> Idiots. And maybe that's why they need the job maker. <laughs> I mean, I don't think they need the job maker because they're idiots. I do think this story really pains me. I think that it's embarrassing. And as a person, I, I'm the same as you. I would consider myself to be left leaning, and I also definitely have an arts background. Before radio, I um before radio, I worked in theatre and, and as an actor. And I hate seeing when the left caves and demonstrates all of the values that they vindicate the right for exactly like you said i mean this is the most intolerant karen behavior you've got an artist who has been called up by the liberal government and said hey can you help support your entire industry and of course that artist is going to want to try and help people so of course they say yes and then you the government doesn't give you as much money as you would hoped that they would give you. And so you blame the artist. Yeah. But the I other just, thing is they I would just think it's so out, sad. They don't, they, they would have, if they were fucking dragging out a celebrity for the arts industry, they'd drag out, um, you know, a Finn brother or something like that. The reason that they drag out someone like Guy Sebastian is so that everyone else who 90% of the time doesn't give a shit about the arts goes, oh, Guy Sebastian's involved. This might be legitimate yeah. in some way. Like, yeah. Guy Sebastian isn't there for the artists. He is there so that Jim, the bricklayer, who lives in Kapalabar in Queensland, is it, he goes, oh, that's actually a human I see sometimes. It's not just a bunch of soap-dodging Triple J listeners that are half <laughs> socialist floating around their share house around their communal bong trying to bucket, <laughs> funnel more money from the government. Pull your heads out of your own asses. Jesus. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I actually, as outrageous as everything it was that you just said, I agree. And I think that it's really sad <laughs> that people are going after Guy Sebastian for all of this. Anyway, okay. So you're on you're on team Guy Sebastian? <laughs> you're on team Guy Sebastian. I was I will... more of a boy George guy, but sure. Well, I'm gonna, is that one of the judges on the show? I don't know. As a, as a totally as a total side note, I've dealt with Guy Sebastian literally one time in my life. It had nothing to do with radio. Um, it was uh, oh okay. So the story goes: um, for my first date with my girlfriend Ellie, um, I actually had been sent a, an email from a Sony rep uh, saying we've got some spare tickets to a Guy Sebastian concert tonight. Do you want them? And I was like, yeah, why not? And so um, for our very first date, we went and had a drink and then we went to a Guy Sebastian concert, which neither of us are like huge Guy Sebastian fans. We just, it was something to do. And so since then, we have had like a little Guy Sebastian joke between the two of us. I didn't meet him or anything that night, but for our first Valentine's Day, which was in February this year, 
I thought, wouldn't it be funny to kind of build on the Guy Sebastian joke and try and get a, a message to my girlfriend, Ellie, from Guy? So I sent him an Instagram message totally out of the blue saying, hey, Guy Sebastian, we both really like you. Could you wish my girlfriend happy Valentine's? And Guy Sebastian sent me a video of himself uh, wishing us happy Valentine's. Yeah, did you not know this? Yeah. Oh, see, such a horrible money saving. So all I can say from a personal note from somebody who um, is, I think Guy Sebastian is lovely. And I think he's probably tried to do his best. Look at you, you toe-sucking turd. I'm sorry. away from your arts roots. You've gotten a haircut, you're working in digital marketing and all yeah. of a sudden you're sucking up to people like Guy Sebastian. How <laughs> very dare you, Tim Rubin. I mean, he's easy to get. You're, he's, he's, he, he responded to Scott stuff. Morrison. He responded to me. <laughs> your tickets to Hamilton have been cancelled. <laughs> all right. I think we can wrap it up there. That's episode nine of Off Air. Um, thanks so much. Oh, are you crackling? Can you, what's going on, Nick? I think I was gargling. I don't know. I'm, okay. Catch you all later. Have fun. We'll chat to you next week. I don't know. How do you sign these off? I've never been here this long. I usually turn it off. <laughs> See ya. <laughs>